It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Money, 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 money. Quickly to wall. Yes! Measure. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Hey, welcome to Locked On Wizards, streaming on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and the Wizards sure are blooming right about now, huh? Losing 8 of the last 12, and this, uh... Gruesome one to the Knicks here uh, Sunday night, and <laughs> that was just embarrassing. Anyway, today we're talking about uh, the Wizards matchup, matching their longest losing streak of the season, three games, after letting their former reserve point card Trey Burke, who's probably hyped up after Michigan's Final Four berth uh, on Saturday. He destroyed the Wizards. He hit the game-winning uh, and one layup with like 30 seconds to go, scored a game-high 19 points, and the Knicks beat the Wizards in D.C., 101-97. Our Brian Kramer is going to recap that game for you coming up in just a second. Also coming up on today's show, I did an interview on Sunday with Josh Lloyd, who uh, hosts the Locked On NBA podcast from time to time, so you'll hear that. And we talked about John Wall's return and the Wizards' lack of productivity at center position, which will definitely be a point issue of concern come playoff time, if the Wizards are in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so before we get started, I wanted to let you know that you can listen to Locked On Wizards show here on Dash Radio every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday at 9 p.m. 8 central. And uh, you can also find the podcast, Locked On Wizards podcast, all uh, every Monday through Friday. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, LockedOnWizards.com. There's a new uh, podcast site called Locked On Sports where you can find everything, baseball, uh, basketball, whichever team you're interested in, you can find it all there. 
Um, and then, of course, you can find us on Twitter and a bunch of other places. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find Locked On Wizards. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which features your team's daily experts every day. And once again, I'm Noah Getzel, beat reporter for Wizards Extra, a blog that covers the Wizards. Uh, we have, um, I'm, I'm there every home game, uh, along with Bryna Kramer, who's another Wizards Extra reporter. You'll hear from her in just a second. We're at all the home games, and I covered, have covered the Wizards uh, with Wizards Extra for four seasons now, and we do a lot of uh, articles, pre-game, post-game interviews with players, um, Twitter coverage, and videos to recap the games, and a lot more. So definitely check us out. Um, that's Wizards Extra, new E, just X-T-R-A on Twitter. You can follow me at Noah underscore Getzel, G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. And finally, you can follow Bryna, who you're going to hear from just now, sorry, right now, um, at Bryna K13. Uh, B-R-Y-N-A-K-13. So, with no further ado, here is Bryna talking about the Wizards' weird loss to the lottery-bound Knicks, uh, who had eight players in double figures, and you're going to hear from her right after a word from our sponsor. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm Raina Kramer, beat reporter for Wizards Extra, and usually when you hear me, I'm accompanying host Noah Gatzel after a game. But tonight, I'm flying solo for this segment as I take you through the Wizards' 101-97 loss against the New York Knicks. Tonight marked the third straight loss for the Wizards and puts them in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. And they have currently a 40-33 and record. Um, so tonight was a really odd loss. And you could even argue that it was one of their worst losses of the season. And by odd, I really just kind of mean that it was really just all over the place. There's not really one word I would use to describe it, except, I mean, like I said, it's odd. Like, it, it's just, yeah, it was really all over the place. Um, so the Wizards, but the Wizards were able to start off, you know, playing decent defense. Um, they held the Knicks to just 19 points in the first quarter, but then things started to unravel. Um, they slipped up in the second quarter and allowed the Knicks to score 42 points, which Bradley Beal was saying after the game that, you know, that's simply just unacceptable. Um, they picked up the defense again in the third quarter and they only allowed 16 points, but then they let it slip again in the final 12 minutes and allowed 24 points. Um, and the Wizards just really couldn't find their shot tonight. And, you know, at times it made this hard, this game really hard to watch, if I'm being honest. Um, they started, um, they had 21 points in the first quarter. So after the first quarter, they were leading. Um, then they had just 32 points in the second. They had 18 in the third quarter and 26 in the fourth. Um, yeah. So they only connected on 42.5% of their shot attempts from the field. Um, Bradley Beal finished for 5 of 417. Otto Porter was 5 for 13. And Kelly Oubre was 6 from 14. They were also just 31.6% from 3 at the end of the night, which is better than the Knicks 27.3%, but still isn't great for a team who coming into the night was 4th in the league um, for the entire season from the 
from three with 37.5. So that's not a good look for us tonight. Um, there are also just too many, honestly, too many times to count when Washington blew, you know, several opportunities to take over the lead. Um, all of this really comes down to a lot is a lack of urgency. And this is something that, you know, if you pay any kind of attention to the Wizards, which I'm sure you're due if you're listening to this podcast, but it really is just something that's followed the Wizards all season long. And I, you know, it's really hard to say what it, there's no, there's nothing they can really pinpoint it down to, but it's just something that's followed them all season long. Um, and Sadoransky, Tomas Sadoransky said after the game, you know, I think we looked like we were waiting for John Wall to come back and change everything, playing like we did the first game he was missing. That's not the right way to do it. We have to go out there and play as hard as we can every game. And, you know, this is, you know, this is very true. I mean, John Wall is expected to make his return very soon. Um, he participated in his first practice on Saturday since his procedure at the end of January. But the Wizards, you know, like Thomas was just saying, you know, said in this quote, you know, the Wizards can't continue to use that as an excuse. Um, they've lost that adrenaline and that sense of urgency that they played, you know, with when Wall went first, first went down. I mean, you know, they were doing really well, you know, when John first went down. You know, they had that everybody eats mentality and, you know, they won, I think it was nine of 12 games. Um, hold on. Yeah, nine of 12 games. Um, but, you know, now they've lost that. Um, you know, Beal said after the game, you know, he's like, we acted like we didn't give a damn, honestly. We thought that we could just show up and play because they don't have anything to play for. We just thought it was going to be a cakewalk and they just smacked us in the mouth. I mean, you know, Bradley Beal is always honest. Um, he's always really good with the media and, you know, he doesn't hold back. And yeah, that's what they looked like tonight. They looked like they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. They thought they were going to get their win. You know, they should have won on Friday night against the Denver Nuggets and they let that game slip away from them and you know they thought that they were like oh yeah it's against the Knicks you know currently the Knicks are out of playoff contention um but yeah and so they were like you know we already have they haven't clinched yet but you know they thought they were like we're in the playoffs and you know we can just come in and beat the Knicks easily and the Knicks didn't let them do that and yeah so I think the fact that Bradley Beal said you know they got smacked they smacked us in the mouth that's kind of what it looked like out there um, you know, and as fans and spectators, you know, I don't really know what they can do to quote unquote fix this lack of urgency, but they need to really figure it out what it is during these next four or five games, which is going to be crucial because these next four or five games are against teams that are currently under 500. Um, it's, yeah, these are really crucial games, um, especially as we're trying to work on our seating, um, for playoffs and, you know, try to, First of all, we have to clinch the playoffs. We haven't done that yet. We're one of the very few teams in the Eastern Conference that haven't, um, you know, because tonight the Pacers clinched, the Sixers clinched. Um, so, yeah, so there's only a couple more spots left, and the Wizards are still fighting for that playoff spot, even though it's likely going to them, but they still haven't clinched it yet. Um, but we really can't talk about tonight's Knicks and Wizards game without talking about newly minted Wizards killer Trey Burke. Yes, that Trey Burke, who was on our team just one season ago. The same Trey Burke who the Knicks kept over Ramon Sessions, who just recently signed a contract with the Wizards. And yes, that Trey Burke who Tim Frazier, who is not playing anymore because he's out of the rotation, was supposed to fill in for when we signed him this summer. Um, Trey Burke had a game-high 19 points and went 8 of, five, 15, 8 of 15 from the field. Yeah, just... Let that sink in. Night, game high, 19 points. 
there were not many. I mean, I guess at the end of the game, there were a couple players for each team who scored in double figures, especially on the mix and I've looking at the box score. Um, but for a while, Trey Burke was the only player in the entire game who had made it into double figures. Um, I mean, he definitely was out there looking to have a little bit of a revenge game. Um, I mean, he even had a moment in the final seconds of the game where he scored this kind of back-breaking layup and then looked to have flexed his arms towards the crowd. I mean, he definitely came into D.C. tonight looking more confident than, honestly, I ever saw him last game. In, or last season, I'm sorry. And it's really easy to just say that, you know, why didn't Trey Burke look like this last season? I mean, it's very different situations. You know, the Wizards are a different team last season. We're a different team this season. Um, and Trey Burke was never really going to find his way into the rotation last season. But, you know, it's kind of not hard to think about these things when he's out here looking like, I don't know, I mean, just this incredible player that we could have kept. Um you know, and after the game, he told reporters, you know, I try not to be emotional about it. Um, you know, beating his old team, you know, I try not to be emotional about it. I think the beginning of the game, there were a few plays where it was a little out of characteristic for me that he was, I was trying to be extra aggressive. Obviously, it's my old team coming back here, playing with these guys all last year, having a relationship with them. You want to do good. You want to win the game. I don't make it about me. We won the game, and that's the biggest thing. And speaking of, you know, the fact that the Knicks won the game and Burke spoiled, Trey Burke spoiled tonight, um, you know, this weekend was supposed to be a celebration of some of the best times in franchise history. You know, on Friday, the Wizards retired Phil Chenier's number 45 to the rafters. You know, Phil Chenier, living legend. That's what the players all call him, um, legend. Um, and then ha during halftime of tonight's Knicks game, you know, they honored the entire 1978 championship team. And their surviving members of the team were on the court for a ceremony during halftime. Um, and as someone who was there for both 19-0, in my opinion, the crowd seemed to love every second of it, and both halftime ceremonies provided a really nice break from what was happening on the court, um, it was, which was losing basketball. You know, it was really nice to kind of forget about what was going on the court for, you know, a few minutes. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, it's hard, especially as fans, it's like this weekend was supposed to be this big celebration, and it ended up just getting spoiled, but you really can't take these were, you know, both halftime ceremonies were really special moments and, you know, someone who not only covers the team, but is, you know, just a fan of basketball and a fan of this team, you know, it was really special to be a part of those, just, you know, a very small part and be in the arena for both of those nights. And so even though the Knicks win and the Denver Nuggets win on Friday night spoiled a little bit, you know, the weekend, you know, it was still very special. But so in terms of really what's to come, um, the Wizards just have nine games left on their schedule, which is kind of crazy considering I feel like the season just started. Um, but it also seems like the playoffs can't get here any faster. Um, but as the playoffs, you know, get closer and closer, each game moving forward gets just that much more important, especially when it comes to the Wizards and first seeding's sake. Um, you know, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter tonight at, during the game against the Knicks and afterwards about how, you know, the Wizards might as well just tank and get the seventh seed and try to match up with Boston in the first round. Um, especially with Kyrie Irving likely to miss a good chunk of that round, that first round. Listen, I mean, in my opinion, that's not a bad idea, but I think the Wizards are really truly better off going into the playoffs with as much confidence as possible and, you know, hopefully a good winning streak. Um, personally, I would love to hear your thoughts on this idea. So you can hit me up on Twitter um, at Bryna, B-R-Y-N-A, K-13, or you can hit me up at our 
handle Wizards Extra. That's Wizards X-T-R-A. Um, that's all I've got in terms of the Wizards Knicks recap. But remember, you're listening to Locked on Wizards on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station, and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to Locked on Wizards. Once again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and we're on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. You just heard from Wizards Extra reporter Bryna Kramer, who is awesome. She's with me um, just about every game at the Capital One Arena, and she recapped the the Wizards-Knicks game, uh, an awful loss for the Wizards, who have lost three straight now. Hopefully they'll get John Wall back as soon as possible. And to put things in perspective, uh, here coming up now is my interview with Locked on uh, sorry, today's Locked On NBA podcast with Josh Lloyd, and one of the first things we talked about was John Wall's recovery, his impact on the team, kind of like the laughable notion that Washington might be better off without Wall, and perhaps even more laughable is the discussion of the Wizards' centers and how they possibly could hinder the Wizards in the playoffs, just like they did against the Celtics and Kelly Olenek last year. So, uh, I'm going to roll that for you right now. Um, here's the interview with Josh Lloyd of Locked On NBA. I'm joined now by the host of the Locked On Wizards podcast, Noah Getzel, and we're going to talk about this Washington Wizards team that's been, uh, I guess, treading water would be the the best way of putting it since uh, John Wall had that knee surgery. But Noah, it looks like he's uh, he's on the verge of coming back. How far away are are we from John Wall actually returning to this lineup? So it's not going to be this game against the Knicks here on Sunday. But probably, I don't know for sure. There's no set timetable. The coach said uh, uh, at practice, Scott Brooks said in no time at all. So I assume that would be hopefully Tuesday against the Spurs. But I'm, I'm not too sure. He just played his first uh, five-on-five scrimmage Saturday's practice. So he, he looks like his energy level is great. Uh, you know, he's he's playing full contact practice. He seems like he should be good to go. And it's, it's just injecting new life into the Wizards, who have now lost four of their last six games. Well, that, look, in terms of the Eastern Conference playoffs the the teams are, are all basically locked in the, the, the pistons or the hornets that they're not really jumping up but it's all about i guess positioning for seeding and the wizards are one and a half games back on the paces at the moment they're two games back from philadelphia from the four seed so i think that's that might be a little bit tough for them to get back to especially depending on when wall uh returns i guess the thing we need to know is is are these remaining 10 games if if he actually plays in in all these or so nine or eight of these games, is it enough to get him back to full speed? Especially with three sets of back to backs coming up. And Scott Brooks did say about a week ago that he was unlikely to play in both of those uh, back to back games. Is that enough to get him up to full speed for a first round series when they're going to be uh, on the road for four of the seven games? Yeah, I mean he'll he'll be adjusting okay. And uh, John Wall is not like you know typical humans. He's he's a superhuman, no doubt about it. And he he definitely is a type of guy who can go from, you know, playing a couple of games, maybe let's say like five games of, of the remaining 10 for the Wizards, if he plays five of those games, even if he's playing 
15, 20 minutes, I think he'll be good to go to play, you know, 30 to 35 range in that opening round of the playoffs and be working him back himself back into shape where he can go, you know, 35, 40 minutes and in that the end of that opening round. And it, it's really looking not too good for the Wizards in terms of positioning right now, because if you're an Eastern Conference team, the last team you want to play in the past decade or so is a team featuring LeBron James. And they're, as you mentioned, to a game and a half back of uh, the Pacers for that five spot to, you know, hopefully play either against the Pacers or the Sixers in the first round, which would be a much easier matchup than going against either the, the Cavs or, of course, uh, the the Celtics or, or Raptors who have been crushing it. So... Obviously, they have some ground to make up, but the, the good news is that in the time that John Wall was out, the Wizards went 14-10, and 10, which is you know winning 15%, 58% of their games, and overall for the season, they're 40-32, and 32, which is 56%, so it's basically like no drop-off in the time that he was gone. You heard you know, whispers from people, probably not coming from Washington, that the, the, the Wizards were perhaps better without John Wall. There was those cryptic comments coming from some of the players, you know, Bradley Beal saying how yeah, the ball was moving around more. How much you know, stock do you put into those sort of comments? That, which I guess that really dissipated when they did go on a bit of a losing streak after Wall was out. But initially, yeah, they were they were flying offensively. They were winning all these games. Was that a legitimate thing, or was that something that was blown out of proportion? Definitely blown out of proportion. I mean, the Wizards did win their first five games without John Wall, but he's a five-time All-Star. He creates easy shots for everyone. He, he's getting stops. He's uh, setting people up in transition for wide-open threes. And especially when you're going against much tougher opponents in a playoff atmosphere, those half-court sets is really where you need playmakers. And if you only have Brad Beal, the only guy who can connect, you know, create his own shot for the Wizards, you're going to be in trouble. So obviously, you need to have John Wall. You need to have the facilitator. And I think the ball's going to continue to move because he's a very smart basketball player. He sees that when the, the ball is sticky and stays in his hands or Brad's hands, you know, you're not going to get a good shot of town versus, you know, making multiple passes like the Spurs do and the Warriors do. That's when you'll get those high percentage shots. So I really think it's blown out of proportion that anyone, if anyone thinks that the Wizards are a better team without John Wall, they clearly don't follow the Wizards and don't really know what they're talking about. We could talk about Bradley Beal, who was a first-time All-Star this season, but I don't know what more there is to say about how well he's been playing. But what I do want to focus on is the the big man situation, that the centre rotation with Marcin Gortat having, you know, in, in my opinion, a considerably down year. Jan Mihinmi having his injury concerns, but recently playing some uh, some larger roles, some bigger minutes, and of course there's the small ball lineup that they can go to with Markeith Morris there at centre. How is this centre rotation going to go? Are there going to be matchups in the playoffs? Say against they they do match up against Cleveland. How does Gortat stay on the floor against Kevin Love or Larry Nance? He doesn't late in games. He's going to continue to start, but you're right. Um, Gortat has definitely had his worst year in, in a long time for the Wizards, averaging just 8.5 points. He's still the leading rebounder at 7.6, but his defensive presence, like he, he hasn't evolved in the way that modern centers are in terms of their ball handling abilities, their quickness, and their ability to shoot threes. And we saw in last year's playoffs, Kelly Olenek for the Celtics in Game 7 just totally torched Gortat and Mahimni. Neither one of them were quick enough to stay out, out on the three-point line with, with guys who can shoot the three ball. And, of course, they're decent rim protectors. Uh, speaking honestly, John Wall's the best rim protector for the Wizards, which is saying a lot. But I think that Markeith Morris is the best option at center. Um, and as a backup power forward, it would be Mike Scott coming off the bench, who's, who's a great shot maker and very unselfish player, too. So I think... The best center for the Wizards is actually a lack of a center and having Markeith Morris who can stretch the floor and chase some of those uh, smaller, well, not smaller, but more mobile big men uh, around the, the three-point line. I think that's the best late-game lineup for the Wizards. 
you talk about you know, rim protection, Gortat averaged last season 0.9 blocks per 36 minutes, and this year he's only improved marginally at 1.0 blocks per 36, which is obviously a really, really subpar number of shot blocks. And rim protection is not all about blocking shots, but you would hope as a center who's there and you know, doesn't have the mobility to really get out to the perimeter, that he's at least doing something and blocking more than one shot per 36 minutes. So he's well down in that area. Mahinmi has similar... Um, Similar concerns. He's a couple of years younger than Gortat, but the knee injuries are, are, are an issue. But I agree with you, especially if that matchup does come to fruition against the Cavs, that yeah, using Markeith Morris there and then playing more Kelly Oubre and, and Mike Scott uh, with, with the starters is probably going to be a, a better situation. But, of course, we don't know if that, that matchup's going to take place. But in the, the focus now is, is getting John Wall back, making sure he's healthy and getting him up to full speed before Game 1 occurs at the uh, in the middle of April. Noah, thank you for, uh, for coming on. If people want to hear more about the uh, Washington Wizards, they can go and check out uh, Locked on Wizards. Noah, where can they find you on Twitter? Absolutely. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure to be on uh, your podcast today. And just like Locked on NBA, Locked on uh, Wizards is every Monday through Friday, um, daily news and analysis and uh, Twitter poll analysis from our fans. And you can find us at Locked on Wizards, of course, LockedOnWizards.com. Um, my personal Twitter account is Noah underscore Getzel, which is spelled G-O-E. T-Z-E-L, and uh, on, on the Locked On Wizards podcast, we often have people from Wizards Extra, which I'm part of. I've been a beat reporter for the Wizards the past four seasons, and so we do a ton of pregame, postgame video interviews uh, with players and coaches. We uh, do in-game tweets and recaps and all sorts of uh, stuff on top of that, so definitely check out Locked On Wizards and also Wizards Extra. Cool. Thank you, Noah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so that was me, Noah Getzel, talking to Josh Lloyd on my first ever Locked On NBA podcast. So it was that that was definitely an awesome opportunity, and um, that'll do it for today's uh, Locked On Wizard show here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Network. We're going to be back all week long for more podcasts and uh, Dash Radio uh, shows. And the Wizards have a busy week. Uh, they are staying home to host the Spurs here on Tuesday night, and then they travel to Detroit Thursday. Knicks, Spurs, Pistons, Hornets, actually five games in seven days. <laughs> Good luck to those Wizards. So after Thursday's game in Auburn Hills, Detroit, uh, the Wizards come back home on Saturday to face the Hornets, who they've lost to every game this season. Woo! And finally, they travel to Chicago to play the Bulls on Sunday, April 1st. So stay tuned in uh, to Locked on Wizards. Again, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Wizards, and we'll be coming back soon. Once again, I'm Noah Getzel. Thanks so much for listening. I'm taking it to Brooklyn side. All the residential prices to invade the air. Hold up for a second, son, because we almost there. You could be a black man or lose all your soul. You could be white and blue, but don't prep the road. See, my is universal if you got knowledge of Dolo or Delta Self. See, there's no one else who could drop it on the angle. Acute at that. So, who that, do that, do that, that, that. Come on. Who that, do that, do that, that, that. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free. 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.